everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives, all thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Go. Hello and welcome to UFC AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado and I'm joined in the studio today with Mr. George Hermosa and Mr. J Tan as always. Hello. Guys, we're talking about a special Friday night UFC 50. Fight night 50, not 49, not 48, not 51, not 50. Okay, you get it. 50. Okay. Uh, it was on Friday. It was uh, Jacare versus Musasi. It was in Foxwoods Resort Casino in Connecticut. I'm not saying the town because I can't pronounce it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, it was super entertaining. Um, quick fights. Yeah, yeah, a lot of some uh, knockouts, um, some submission victories. Yeah, we, you know the show started out uh, the prelims. There were uh, I'm looking here. I think we had uh, what three uh, three decisions uh, in a row, and then uh, thin, things got uh, heated up. Ally Quinta. Uh, taking out uh, Rodrigo Dam in the in the first round by TKO and uh, John Moraga uh, finishing Justin Scoggins in round two. So the things picked up for the main event. Definitely. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of good action that night. Sorry, George was saying hi to his uh, secret Valentine. Hoochie Mamas. Oh yeah, Hoochie Mamas. Out there. Hoochie Mamas, get at George. Do you? Heard it I here? mean, that, that's the '90s. Do you even have Hoochie Mamas? Hood rats. Yeah. Hood rats. From the '90s. Were you even of age in the 90s? To be I mean, watching such a thing? I mean, or doing such a thing, for that matter. Straight out of the womb. Straight out of the womb. I guess he didn't we waste no time. We know how George rolls. Yeah. Um, guys, look at these new AfterBuzz pens. Right. Let's show these off, huh? Yeah. I bet we can't get a close-up. Probably uh, not. But yeah. look, it. it's yellow yeah. and black. AfterBuzz Studios here, uh, here in Encino, California. If you can find us, you get a pen. Oh, yeah, it's at www.afterbuzztv.com. But if you're listening, you're probably on afterbuzztv.com. Yep, there's that too. Oh, well. Or iTunes, iTunes or YouTube. YouTube. If they watch tomorrow. But if they're watching live. Our systems detect that a host has wandered off the subject. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the first time well, that we've gotten that. 
Not bad. Well Our done, producer, Rupert. that was very funny. So um, do we have a well, UFC afterbuzz show we or a pen, a pen promotional advertisement? Well, guys, I was just giving a shout out. First of all, our, our, our guest canceled last minute. He's running a little mm-hmm. bit late, so he couldn't come. We're going to have him another time, Frank Trigg. So we do have a little bit of time to stall. Um, no, <laughs> but, but we have plenty some, of matches to talk. Definitely about as a well. lot of matches to talk about, and some super exciting news for you guys at the end of the show. You might be seeing our pretty faces, some of well, our pretty faces. Hers. Um, My mother said I was handsome today. She's like, "Well, you look so handsome today." She I, said I it just in said Spanish. right before we came on air. I said, "Jorge, your hair looks amazing." No. Anyway, you will be seeing our faces possibly somewhere else. You might get two hours of us every week, but we'll let you know about that at the end because it's a really big surprise. Or in the middle, so we can kill some more uh, <laughs> of the time. But yeah, I think that, that preview uh, is, is is worth. Uh, it's gonna be fun when we get to that. At least. Definitely, I'm excited. For the show. But let's start off with with the prelims. Um, mm-hmm. You already ran through the bottom four. Yeah. So real quickly, Chaz Skelly mm-hmm. um, defeated Sean Soriano unanimous decision. What I thought was really impressive. Chaz Skelly is going to be a guy to watch for. Um, he. He's back. Uh, this is his second match in 13 days. Uh, we saw him fight uh, and won on August 23rd uh, at uh, Fight Night. What would that would have been? 49, I believe. Henderson versus Dos Anjos. Maybe 48. Uh, but, you know, a last-minute dropout of Sean Soriano's opponent. Mm-hmm. And Chaz Skelly jumped on in there and, uh, and really dominated. Had a great match. Uh, controlled Soriano. On the ground and standing. Uh, I love and, those guys. Yeah, that yeah. are just game to go in whenever. Like mm-hmm. Joe Soto last weekend, or yeah, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Joe had a great gamers performance. that are just. Yep. I mean, you can really tell they're here to fight. Yeah, they're not the ones picking and choosing their battles. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones they have advantages over or whatnot. They take yeah. whatever fight Dana White gives them. And and thirteen days too. I mean, that is that's short notice. That's an incredibly short notice, fast yeah. turnaround. The last time we saw something like that. I believe it was Chris Lieben. Give me a second. I want to say 2008, maybe 2009. Okay. 2010. Was it 10? Oh, mm-hmm. against the who? The second match was against, was against was Akeyama, Yoshihiro Akeyama. And, it was uh, Vanderlei Silva? The first one might have been Vanderlei. I'm, I, we'd have to go back and check. But again, I think that was like a 10-day turnaround. Right. And but Chris, Chris Lieben's the guy that can drink the night before, <laughs> and that, as we saw in the Ultimate Fighter one. Uh, I'm, I'm rewatching all the Ultimate Fighters, so I'm not that good. Um, but go back and watch it. Chris Lieben would like. It's available on Fight Pass at nine ninety nine. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> Chris Lieben would pound beer, and he he had a bottle yeah. of whiskey, and he was smoking, and this and that. And then the next day, he was fighting. So there's those guys, and then there's the guys that get. It's a very rare breed that can do that. Yeah, I don't think that was the case with Chaz. That's what I'm saying. And, Maybe and- Chaz was in. Uh, fight shape all year round. Maybe well, he's one of those guys that just keeps himself ready. Yeah, yeah, and and really, to, you know, credit due to to Lieben. I think that was the case. By that point, I remember being at the uh, I think the Yakayama match. Right. He was, or was it Aram Simpson that he fought? Now I'm really curious. But um, he, by that point, he was sober and had okay. really gotten his life on track. He had moved out to Hawaii and was uh, training and teaching. I think he had his own gym out there oh, cool. for a little bit. And yeah, it was a it was a, a clean and uh, a clean and sober part of his life, and turned around and jumped on the opportunity to face Akeyama. And what a fantastic fight that one was! Right. Um, so you know, really impressive and very rare that you see something like that because usually guys will kind of uh, go a little bit crazy, um, you know, with the pounds. You know, extra food is what I mean to say. Right. You know, there, um, that, the there's definitely two different kinds of athletes in this sport. Yeah. Uh, we see it all the time. It's the guys that uh, Kenny Johnson. Our guest last week mentioned mm-hmm. it. There's the guys that go and rack up 
30 plus pounds to to their weight yep. that they have to fight at and it's like you call them two weeks notice there's no way they're fighting right yeah. or they do and they do a disgusting weight cut and then they're gassed out or whatever I think because of the the number of matches and the competition level when you get to a pro level a high level pro status like when you're in the UFC you can't afford to or you can afford even less to slack off. You've got to stay ready that much more. Very so. true. Uh, Alan Jaban talked about that. He was wanted his shot to get in there, and he said, right. "Just let me, you know, put me on the list. Let me know when you need me." Right. And, uh, and, and it's, that's it's, the case. It's know? easier to do that when you're getting paid too, because it's like it's your like Kenny Johnson said, it's your full time job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this is the what more you, you do. Fight, the more you get paid, right? Yeah. Uh, the more ready you are as well. Uh, and it also gets you noticed by the bosses, of course, you know. That's the more true. that you're willing to take a fight on short notice, the more that if, if you win, you know, or at least have a good performance, the more they're going to take care of you as well. Definitely. As, as well it should be. So uh, continuing on then, mm-hmm. Chris Beal defeated Ta- Tateki Masuda. Um, gosh, I, I watched that match, and I feel like I had a little bit of uh, um, hesitation on that. It was a, a close competitive one, but... Uh, um, you know, it was that was one of two that that stuck out in my head. Rafael Sapo Natal defeated Chris Camozzi by split decision. That one I disagreed with. I had Camozzi winning twenty nine twenty eight, really taking the second and third rounds, I believe. Real quick, what did, George? What do you think of Chris Beal? Because he came up on tough. Tough enough. He was 19. on the. He was on the. Ronda was that Rousey. Rousey's team? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's on the up. I mean, I really liked what he had to do during the season. Uh huh. I mean, we'll see if he can uh, follow through in the future. Definitely. Because yeah. I, I liked him from The Ultimate Fighter. I mean, he definitely stood out. I mean, it's one of those guys where I saw him like, oh, Chris Beal. I mean, you can't really say that about a lot of the guys. It's just like, oh, who's that one guy? From oh, The Ultimate man. Fighter. Oh, yeah, I forgot season? his name. Yeah. But yeah, Chris Beal definitely impressed me during that season. Watch it back. Fight Pass, nine ninety nine. Nine nine ninety eight. Nine. Uh, I. Th- well, how much do you pay? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a funny story. <laughs> and we'll leave that at that. Al <laughs> um, Quinta lightweights, uh, defeated Rodrigo Dam, as we talked about, uh, TKO in the first round, and John Moraga, who was ranked at number five, mm-hmm. um, had recent, recently, earlier this year? or uh, had de- It feels like eight, nine months ago. Yeah, yeah, quite a while ago, but I think also, you know, not too far distantly, yeah, fought the for the UFC flyweight title against Demetrius Johnson, yep. um, and that was another scenario, kind of like uh, Joe Soto, where, you know, he was... He wasn't on anybody's radar, and it wasn't like there was a lot of build-up to uh, to to his title match, you know. Right. Uh, but he was he was given the slot. I really, again, I wish I could remember the specific details of, of why he was assigned that uh, that opportunity. Right. Uh, but he went in there, and you know now he's ranked at number five. Justin Scoggins is a guy that a lot of people have uh, earmarked for uh, for greatness and a great run in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He got caught in uh, in the guillotine in round two. But uh, you know, certainly not the last we've seen from him. And then, uh, then the uh, oh. the card itself. This the next main... fight, mm-hmm. Joe Lozon defeated Michael Chiesa via uh, TKO. It was a doctor stoppage in mm-hmm. round two. That was setting out to be a extremely competitive, mm-hmm. fun fight to oh, watch. Yeah. Like that's one of the ones I wanted to see go to the distance. Sure, because mm-hmm. it was so. I mean, <laughs> he almost wanted to be a five rounder. Yeah, for that matter, I would have loved to watch it for five rounds. The yeah. the stamina was. I mean, it was only in the second round, but the stamina was good. Mm-hmm. They both still had energy. They were going back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. at one point, Chiesa had uh, Leo, Lozon's back, and then he switched it around and had his back, mm-hmm. almost a rear naked choke. Those guys like are like two artists crazy. on the ground, especially Lozon. Mm-hmm. Right. Lozon is one of my top. 
five, three, maybe even top two favorite fighters. Really? That guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. Fight Pass, I think it was December 2012. Right. Watch him against Jamie Varner. Okay. It was like a three-round mm-hmm. masterpiece, and you'll see why. That last round, you'll see why Joe Lozon is one of my favorite. Even though he's been one of my favorite fighters for years, mm-hmm. watch that. Jamie Varner, Joe Lozon. Um, such a great fighter. Such a great performer. This guy's. I mean, the guy. The fact that he has 13 post-fight bonus. I think 13? Yeah. 13 post-fight bonuses. Mm-hmm. Most of them fight of the night. Yeah. That says a lot about his uh, his willingness to not just perform, but just effectiveness as far as being a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy goes out there, he performs. He's never going to have a boring fight. He knows what he needs to do. I wish he had a better record. That way, I think I wish he was a better, you know, top of the card. Right. But man, well, I, I love Joe, watching that guy fight. The thing with Joe, the added storyline to this, besides the fact that he is. Um, as we were a gamer, like we were talking mm-hmm. about Diego Sanchez, where you can rely on him to come and bring. He's it. always ready, right? Yeah, uh, Joe. Um, Joe was on uh, Ultimate Fighter Five, which mm-hmm. had just a, a who's who of stars, um, and more more recently and, and relevantly was really fascinating. This was his first fight in almost a year. Um, right. He recently had uh, had a son, I think, earlier this year, and uh, unfortunately, the kid. Well, the, unfortunately. Uh, the kid was diagnosed with uh, with cancer, but fortunately beat it. And uh, you know, especially so when you have sad. a newborn in general, that's going to take up a lot of your time and Absolutely. energy. Absolutely, yeah. And you got to consider putting your, uh, your your career on hold. You know, uh, notwithstanding providing for the family, of course. Right. So you know, he, he'd been through a lot emotionally and mentally, and was coming back. And Michael that can Chiesa, toughen a guy. Mm-hmm, that exactly. can toughen a guy up. I mean, come on. It, yeah, toughens a guy up. I think it probably gives you a lot of focus on what's super important. But Joe was a right. guy that always, again, you know, always knew to bring it in the fight. Right. And had some has some fantastic wins. Uh, we're looking at his, uh, his, his wiki here. You know, guys in the past, like Mac Danzig, uh, the Jamie Varner match, Melvin Gillard. Um, he has big names under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very legit names. He uh, was blowing up my Facebook feed. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Joe. They, people yeah. love him. It mm-hmm. seems like people love him. Uh, I had heard his name before, obviously, but I think this fight mm-hmm. is something that really grounded his name into a lot of UFC fans. Watch, watch his fight with Jimmy Varner. Even watch his fight with Jim Miller. I mean, he lost against Jim Miller. A lot of people thought that was fight of the year, mm-hmm. him and Jim Miller. Right. Yeah. Um, man, some of those wicked... He tried for a couple submissions against Jim Miller. You'd be like, how the hell did he do that? Being down on points and him going for... Just watch that fight. You'll know exactly what I mean. Okay. You'll be like, wow. Yeah. Um, going back to the fight, though, uh, yeah, I would have loved to see more rounds. Mm-hmm. What, yes, I would like to see more rounds. Was it the right call? Yeah, it was the right that call. Was, that was a big yeah. cut. I, I mean, I've seen fights get stopped for cuts way... Less bad than yeah. that. I mean, that was a deep cut. I mean, it sucks for Kiesa because that, that he's another ultimate fighter. I think he won the the live one. Yeah, the one with uh, Faber against Dominic Cruz. It was like the first one on the Fox. First, yeah, it was the first live, so it was a live one. Ultimate fighter. He won. You know, he's he has. I think he's he's lost against. Uh, well, obviously Lozon. He lost against someone else. <laughs> I just um, started rewatching that Ultimate Fighter last night, so thank you for the spoiler alert. <laughs> I did know the result though. Yeah, well, let's talk about him as well. Kiesa during that season came uh, he. Overcame family adversity as well. His dad died during the uh, uh, during the season. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to go home for the funeral and came back and won. 
Um, yeah, spoiler alert, apparently. I, you know. That was a big spoiler alert. I did not know that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, wow. I, I don't care about spoiler alerts. This is, <laughs> this is what an after show is about. And frankly, that's an after after show. Cause if you guys didn't watch Ultimate one? Fighter 15, you're not a real fan is what J-Tan's saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of saying that. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's, it's a scenario where the toughest times... I, I don't think you can necessarily blame somebody if if they can't uh, overcome something as as hard as that, dealing with the death in the family. That is but insane. when you do, when you do see those people rise up, you can do nothing but commend and tip your hat. You right, know? it's, uh, it's, like, it's fantastic. Wh- how do you go to the funeral and, and he has courage? I mean, he really does. He has yeah. balls to you know then move back out of his house for however. What was the remainder? Was it like midway through? I think it was like maybe week four, week five. No, it was, so it was well early into on. The season. No, it was well into really? the season. Oh, yeah, because no. they shoot about six weeks. Oh, no, that it was a, live, a, though. Uh, Remember, that was the live one. So it was like yeah. straight up like 10, 11 weeks. Yeah, I thought that one was the longer season. Could be. I, I, I sit corrected. I don't know. Either but way, I, he, yeah. he was in the house weeks after the death. Yeah, yeah. Just it, thinking, it wasn't there's, an immediate thing there's no cell phones, there's no TV, there's no books. I mean, there's books. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there thinking, that's I and get. He came him. back and, and won it. His dad had been a big that. supporter of his uh, of his dream and you know journey through through MMA. Right. So obviously you take that to heart and you, you run with it as he did. That's sad. I mean, yeah. from a, from a fight fan, I would like to see a rematch. From a Joe Lozon fan, I would like to see him face against like someone else, just so I can mm-hmm. see him go up the rankings. Up the ladder, right? Even though I don't think he technically is ranked, I, I not technically he isn't ranked. I, I would um, venture to guess that he was probably ranked or he was higher level uh, at a previous point in his career. Yeah, at some point. I mean, yeah, especially with the Strike Force guys. I think that's maybe when he kind of dropped out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd put him up against, like, who knows? I'm looking at it right now. Maybe, like, Jorge Masvidal, maybe Ross Pearson. Striker versus Grappler. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I, I love Joe Lozano. That guy, that guy is the, the man. <laughs> He is. Yeah. Well, they he lost bo- against Michael Johnson, who's number uh-huh. 10. There crazy, crazy energy in the cage. Yeah. I mean, not, there was not one dull moment in that fight. Mm-hmm. And then we had Matt Mitrione mm-hmm. versus Derek Lewis. We were talking about Matt. He used to be Matt the Meathead. Another Mitrione. another uh, ultimate fighter. Alumni. Yeah. yeah. Who gave him that name, J-Tan? Uh, Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans. Rashad um, Matt was on... That was a really fun season. Do you remember it? Kimbo Slice? Yeah, Kimbo Slice. Rampage versus uh, Rashad Evans. Uh-huh. Uh, those were the coaches. And there were... That was a season where I think three different NFL players, pro NFL players, uh, made their segue into uh, into MMA. He was uh, one Matt of them. Mitrione was one. That's so interesting. Brendan Schaub? Brendan Schaub was another one. And then the third guy, I if I remember correctly, I think he was also on uh, Rashad's team. His name is Marcus, last name blank, I don't know. But his nickname was Big Baby. Big Baby, Do you remember? right. Yeah, really tall, very uh, dark-skinned guy, mm-hmm. and who had all the, he was kind of a Uriah Hall, but a little bit less um, less refined in terms of technical skill and stuff. Okay. He had all the natural attributes, and people thought the world of him. Um you know what, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this to infer to Uriah Hall, but um, Big Baby did not, Rashad, you know, Rashad called him Big Baby for a reason. He didn't really have the killer instinct. He didn't like violence. And um, and that was kind of the thing that ended up uh, kind of halting his career early on in. He had a few matches, I think one, two, or three right. matches after Ultimate Fighter, but... Um, 
Big Baby. If I remember correctly, I think that was the other football player that came over. I honestly don't remember. No. I know that was uh, a heavyweight, so it was Kimbo Slice. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy Nelson won that season. Spoiler yep. alert. Uh, Roy Nelson won. <laughs> it's great. I would say spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. After the spoiler thing. Spoiler alert. These the guys, they don't even know how it works. Guys, it goes, spoiler alert, Daria. Right. Then you say what you're about right. to spoil. I don't, because I don't care. I'm just going to ruin it for you. You know, this is something that we used to deal with before people really thought about spoilers or things like that's that. Me. You know what? It happened in the past. If it's you me. don't know about it, that's your own problem, and you need to go back, suck it up, and just learn history. But I have uh, to watch the whole season now going, You're well, gonna that guy's going to lose. You're going to forget what I say by the That guy's going to lose. <laughs> that guy's a loser. I shouldn't, I shouldn't acknowledge this, but you're going to forget what I say by the time you get to that point. <laughs> if no, you, I'm not. If you remember it, then I'm very How flattered. can I forget a guy named Babyface and Meathead and... Big Baby. See, Big, you already oh. forgot about yeah, it. There you go. There All you right. go. I proved my point. You did. But Matt Mitrione was one of this whole, uh, this whole Motley crew. Right. And, um, you know, the thing was, if I remember correctly, he, he just, he wasn't quite getting it. Right. Uh, either his technical training, was, he was doing things wrongly in training, or just not not kind of jiving with what the coaches were trying to educate him to. Or uh, I, I think it was more that it wasn't that he was a troublemaker. It wasn't like a, the Chris Lieben, Junie Browning kind of character on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just wasn't quite getting it, or not in sync with the rest of the coaches. <laughs> and so uh, Rashad dubbed him Meathead, and. You know that didn't last very long after after the season. I think it's something right. that he didn't. I didn't think he could. Marcus Jones. There you go. Thanks to Wiki uh, Wikipedia. Um, I think it would have been a, a fun nickname for him to embrace, but he didn't. And you I know, can see why. It's understandable <laughs> as well. Yeah. Who, who am I? Well, to, anyway, Matt Mitrione defeated Derek Lewis. Derek mm-hmm. Lewis. Uh, this is his third fight in the UFC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I said this in the trailer earlier when we were watching it. Matt Mitrione had a lot more to say here, a lot more to prove here than Derek Lewis. Um, I would disagree with you on that one. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to hear why. I was thinking about this. So the history is that Derek Lewis and uh, Derek Lewis fought was it Guto Innocent, mm-hmm. Matt Mitrione's teammate, at the uh, at a previous show, mm-hmm. and called out uh, Mitrione right, right there on the spot. Right now, a lot of people will remember Mitrione from Ultimate Fighter, and he's mm-hmm. had quite a few matches in in the UFC. Derek Lewis, uh, for his own right, as as a record of eleven and two. I don't think that recently he's had a few good matches in the UFC, but I don't think that he's as much of a household name as Mitrione. So right. to to get your name, uh, to raise your name in the ladder, why not call out somebody that is well-known? I think it made sense, you know? Absolutely, but that doesn't... Ch- what I'm trying to say is that Mitrione had more to prove in the sense that he... Okay, Derek Lewis is new. Mm-hmm. He's two, he was 2-0 and previous to this fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So he's on a, he's on a nice good start to the UFC. Yeah. If he lost, it's not the end of the world. He's still young in the games, young in the UFC. He right. still has time to rise as a star. Matt Mitrione's been around the UFC. Right. He's been here. He's been and he's in a weird spot in the heavyweight division. I just feel like it's a time where he either needs to step up, mm-hmm. kind of goes down. I mean, he's the guy. I think in his post, not his post fight conference, but just the post fight interview, he was like, "Hey." I belong top ten, top fifteen. Right yeah. now, you got to prove it. So yeah, I, I do agree with you as far as uh, proving that he's belongs in there. Right. There's only yeah, one way to do it. It, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like said like, oh, Matt Mitrione should be in the top fifteen before this fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it could be argued. Okay, right. this guy is a contender. 
I mean, you got to look at who's in the top 15. Who's number 15? Brendan Schaub. Right. Who's number 14? Arlovsky, who fights, I think, was it this cup coming weekend? And Mitrion lost to Schaub. Is that correct? Or, uh, I think so, yeah. I'm remembering wrongly. I think yeah. he did fight. Schaub. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I would I would agree that Mitrione probably belongs. You know, I see your top argument. Ten to fifteen. That Derek Lewis is new in the game. He called him out. It was yeah. like, all right, now back up your word, man. You've got to do that. Yeah. You know, there's only I know one you reason. Like that. There's only one reason to be in the UFC, and that is to win the belt in your division. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the grains money, of sand. Yeah. Oh. If you're not going to do that, then it's you're going to get the money. But you know, violin. Everyone's going for going for that top World slot. Smalls. And yeah, Derek Lewis chose to. Uh, make a gamble. Didn't work out for him on this one, but he got KO'd in 41 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Mitrion was he ran was like, looking sharp there. It kind of was the perfect storm of of disaster for for Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitrion was backing up Derek into uh, into against the he had him against the cage. Mitrion yeah. was kind of stalking him, and Lewis, uh, you know, kind of came out. I think trying to escape from there and attack <clears throat> through a right on on Mitrion, and Mitrion landed a right on him as well. Um, he just, ran right into it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he was coming yeah. forward with his punch. He was leaning. Right. Which is why coaches sometimes say don't lean because mm-hmm. he leaned right into his opponent's right. punch. Yeah, you got to twist your body, but not yeah. lean your upper body into it. Something I'm working on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he drops at the hands of Mitrione, and who uh, followed up with a few rights and then circled around and dropped some left hammer fists on him. It was over. And Mario quick. Yamasaki made the call. Which is definitely the right call to make, yeah. Yeah, it, it was over. Um, I was noticing something, all these fights, these heavyweight matches, um, well, both of them, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's funny to see the difference in stoppage time. Uh, going from amateur fights, mm-hmm. then to pro, and then by weight class, and then by gender even. Hmm. It's funny to me, because like... You think there's a trend? You no, a no, no, no. I just see... Well, yeah, in a sense. I see like, okay, if uh, the ref was refing a 115-pound female amateur match. Mm-hmm. He's going to stop it way sooner than a 265-pound hmm. pro okay. male match. That's about as far apart on, yeah, the, well, on that's a, why I did the it. MMA weight and gender <laughs> diaspora as you could get. That's why you know? I did it, to prove my point. Okay. Like, it's just, I mean, I've been to a lot of amateur, your amateur mm-hmm. fights at U of MMA, Club Nokia, <laughs> downtown LA. Um, Thank you. Best amateur fights in the country. But yeah, just just have, watching so many different calibers of fights, mm-hmm. I just see that refs really use their sense of judgment in the cage, which I'm saying is fair. Right. But like these heavyweights, uh, I think it was was it Ben Rothwell or no? It was Matt Mitrione and Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. The first hit, I was like, oh my god, it's over. But the ref he chilled for a minute and he was mm-hmm. like, okay, he can right. maybe hang in there. Mm-hmm. These guys are big guys; they can take big hits. And then it was like ground and pound. Oh, okay, maybe now I should step in. Right. Whereas like if that were a girl, right, that first hit the ref would have been in between them in my opinion with that said go on fight pass uh-huh. watch chick congo versus pat barry write it down mm. chick congo versus pat barry yeah congo. why because everything that you just said would be contradicted no oh you, but it just it'll go along with everything that you just said oh okay chick congo they let it go Jay knows what i'm talking about yeah yeah i remember uh, <laughs> i remember it recently because i saw the highlights mm-hmm. but uh um yeah, Pat Barry was was landing on check, and it was it was it, like dropped him several times. A like delayed stoppage, right? you think? Nope, no, it wasn't nope. delayed at all. It's just that check came kept coming back. It was on the verge of getting finished, proving the point that they can hang in longer. Yeah, sometimes. you know, as we've discussed in the past, mm-hmm. you know, with with Big John, and you know, if if Trigger was here, he's now doing some refing as well. You know, that would be an interesting conversation to have. With we'll him. have to ask him when he comes on. He'll yeah, yeah, soon. exactly. Um, 
the referees, part of the referee's responsibility is to know the fighters and know what they can and can't take. Right. Now, granted, if you're just starting out, um, you're only going to know that to a certain extent because you're not, uh, it's the first, first few times that you're refing. But you're presumably a fighter in the past mm-hmm. and have, have gotten gotten in the cage or the ring and done mm-hmm. some combat sports and you have some semblance of being in there and knowing what a knockout is and when a guy is done, right. you know, or when a guy's uh, arm is is in a horrible position, dislocated, you know. or yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. joint is out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that comes with the responsibility of it, and you'll see that a lot earlier. In you'll see those. Let me get this right. You'll see the referees be more liberal and, in their stoppages at the amateur level, at least you should, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Then at the pros, especially guys like Mitrione and Lewis, mm-hmm. who are heavy hitters and have proven that they can take a shot and give a shot. Mitrione, you know, is, is tied with, like, five other guys for most knockouts in uh, in UFC history, only below Cain Velasquez. Right. And uh, Derek Lewis, you know, himself, obviously, has a, has a good track record of that. So, Well, amateur, I mean, I think the stoppage should be earlier just for the pure fact of, uh, I mean, you're not you're not fighting for money mm-hmm. in amateur. Right. Amateur is strictly to get the experience to become pro and to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the amateur level, you're still you know testing the waters and feeling things out. So I don't <laughs> think getting seriously injured in an amateur fight is ever worth it. Right. I mean, it, you got to oh, protect agree. those guys, and I think that mm-hmm. they ref accordingly. Yeah, and and that just goes to your. Why point. are you laughing? You said water. I said what? You're like testing the waters. That is, that's that's a New York accent. No, I know, but okay. Say waters. Say, well, say testing the waters. Testing the water. Come on, continue. Hey, I think it's charming, guys. Don't don't <laughs> don't ask me about this. This is between them. I'm not saying and, I don't. Like, you know, I'm not saying I don't dig say, it. It's an East Coast West Coast thing. Clearly, somebody from New York would say water. I say water. That's the difference between Jersey mm. and New York. Yeah. You know what? It, it's it's H two O. Can all you hear around. it? Do you hear the difference? Same. No, water. 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 <laughs> say water. See, you're, you guys, when you say water, it sounds like you're saying, like, Can you play that off the topic like, thing again? Going off topic. Going off topic. What? Who started this? <laughs> Whose team Please are you on? It's, it's clearly on his own side. Isn't it ironic? Anyway. Yeah. Don't you think? The co-main event. Ben Rothwell, mm-hmm. another 265-pounder, uh, defeated Alistar over the Ream, over Ream, mm-hmm. uh, via TKO in round one. Two minutes and nineteen seconds. The highlight of this fight, before we go into the fighting, was Ben Rothwell's victory dance. Dancing. <laughs> Can you get if up and do it? We had video. I don't of know if I'll be on well. camera if I get up. It, it wasn't even. Yeah, it wasn't oh, that. Like that's more. Uh, Derry's got more more uh, moves and and. What should I say? I don't know. I mean, what she was doing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a phenomenal a dancer, but swagger? I guess Daria's got some swag as well. Why don't you get up and give us a little Ben Rothwell? It pr- probably would have looked like Ben Rothwell. Do well, it. What do you do point it. to that? Do so it. this fight upset me <laughs> because when Alistair Overeem entered the UFC, I would have bet the farm on him. Really? And the fact that he's already lost yeah. three in a row. Man, like... Well, how long ago was it that he entered the UFC, George? His first fight in the UFC was December of 2012 against Brock... How uh, should I do it? Brock Lesnar! <laughs> <laughs> nice delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy who broke the streak. But, yeah, so if anything, 
So no, no, I'm sorry. 2011, 2011, 2011. Yeah. It was December 2011. He fought uh, Brock Lesnar, Alistair Overeem, and he pretty much knocked Brock Lesnar out of the UFC. Yeah. And here's a guy who's been uh, successful in strike force and pride. somewhat in pride, yeah. No. Um, kickboxer. I mean, that they guy won. is just huge. Right. I mean, they were thinking about giving him a title shot right off the bat. But I think he was caught uh, – Kane and Junior Santos doing those things. He beat Brock. Um, then he kind of had a little controversy when he, they announced his fight with Junior Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Um, little enhancements. Horse meat, yeah, they say. tested positive. Correct. Yeah, I was. I was going to say correct. You'll have to correct me on the uh, uh, the chronology, but he tested positive for right. uh, for steroids. Yeah, and uh, and then went on to attribute it to eating horse meat. Yeah, a new diet of horse meat that he had bulked <laughs> up. He was at. He fought at two hundred five uh, light heavyweight in Pride, which was several years previously, right. and then. Uh, showed up, I want to say, in Strike Force, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, much heavier, you know, just bigger and solid, you know, like a mountain of a man. But he's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, very that good. guy can strike. Right. And, and he's huge. He started off this fight good. I mean, he was by far the But aggressor. that's the thing. The thing that m- makes me upset is he starts off all of his fights good. Mm-hmm. If you watch his fight with Antonio Silva, he started off good, and then, he dro- and then he dropped his hands. Yeah, uh, right. Travis Brown, he kind of started off good, went for the thing, and then he started. He dropped his hands. Right. Even this one, he started off good, yeah. and then he dropped his hands. It's like, what are you doing? Right. It's, See, it's it was weird because he was so aggressive and so active in, in the first couple seconds. Yet Ben Rothwell was inactive, his hands almost down, stalking him, walking forward. Ben was patient and methodical, looking for the opening. Right, and and you saw Alistair Overeem, uh, you know, kicking uh, Ben yeah, Rothwell in the leg, a lot of, uh, kind of leg jabs. Yeah, some people say just trying to keep him away. To the legs, which yeah. are effective. They yeah. are effective and they're annoying. <laughs> just like foot stomps, like yeah. we're talking about today. But. Um, he was circling a lot. I felt like he had a strange kind of a crouched stance that I don't, I haven't seen. Rothwell or Overeem? Overeem. That I haven't seen Overeem uh, use in a while. Um, and then Rothwell uh, at some point just landed that uh, that overhand right. Well, he actually, back the before that, yeah. uh, Overeem got him with a kick and actually broke his arm. He broke Rothwell's arm. So he pretty much, he, was knocked, it a break? he knocked out Overeem with a broken arm. Because I was listening to the yeah. announcers, and they were like, they, they, it's funny you say that, because they were actually saying, they were like, uh, he might have blocked it with his arm, but a toll like that doesn't go untaken. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Even though, like, oh yeah, I blocked it with my arm. No, he broke his that arm. That takes a toll. He like, did he end up going to the hospital, Rothwell did, uh, prior to the post-fight conference. He right. missed it um, for a broken arm. I do remember that. Was it the right arm that he used? The right arm. Yeah? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's something. And, and he came back with an overhand right and knocked him out. And then he danced. Correct. And, and then, then he danced. danced. <laughs> but when he threw the overhand right at the exact same time, Overeem was throwing, was it a left? Well, I think he clipped right? him like right before that. He yeah. clipped him maybe like 30 seconds before, and I think it kind of affected him. But again, I think it was because Overeem, you know, dropped his hands. Like, you're you're so huge. What are you doing? I know. <laughs> Keep them hands up. It's annoying. But then Ben But good, good, good for Ben, though. I mean, that guy has kind of been going up and down in his career. Yeah. He lost, he wins, he loses, he wins. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely the biggest win of his career. Who do you think's next for Rothwell? I mean, when a fight that big, I think you got to at least give him a shot to maybe enter the top fifteen if he hasn't already. Yeah, he just beat a number seven guy. Exactly. So yeah, maybe give him Brendan Schaub. Uh, I don't know if they fought before, but um, maybe Schaub. Maybe uh, uh, maybe fought maybe, and lost to Orlovsky. Maybe the loser of uh, Roy Nelson, Mark Hunt. 
That's in what two weeks? Oh yeah, Japan. He beat Brendan Schaub and Brandon Barra. I know his last fight before over him was against Brendan Vera. Oh, yeah, he did beat Brendan Schaub. Um, he lost to Mark Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think Mark Hunt's going to beat Roy Nelson, I think Roy Nelson versus Ben Rothwell. Okay, that's fair. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, yeah, get past that Japanese show first. Mm-hmm. Two and big then, sluggers. Yeah. All right, and then we have the main card of the evening. Uh, Ronaldo, Jacare, Souza, and... Souza. Souza? Mm-hmm. Gay guard Musasi. Uh Souza beat Musasi via submission guillotine choke. This was a rematch for those of you um, who've been following MMA for a long time. It was in Dream 6 in 2006. Uh, Musasi beat Jacare via upkick. He was laying on the ground. Jacare was standing over him. He kicked upward, hit him in the chin, knocked him out. Jacare actually fell on Musasi. Mm-hmm. We just watched it. Well, like, where else are you going to go? He fell right <laughs> on him. It was funny, though. And he kind of like rolled over and was like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he dropped like a bag of potatoes yeah. there right on Masasi, and Masasi kind of had this look like, what's this guy doing on me? And right. he rolled off a little bit surprised. I want to get um, through this because we have a lot of news and we only have 10 minutes left. So, uh, Masasi <laughs> beat Jacare hmm. in 2006, yeah. and then uh, and this that was fight. A match, I mean, it was only, what, two minutes into, and 2.15 into that match, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Jacare took, uh, uh, took Masasi down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to say. Him. This was a little bit more the match that might have happened in 2006. Because that one, again, it, only two minutes. Jacare took Masasi down. Right. And it was really, I want to say the luck of the shot or maybe skill with upkicks. But <laughs> Jacare was was on Masasi, you know, was was uh, had top position there and, you know, working. This was in the two, 2006 match. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he was in his guard, you know, not, not in trouble or anything, controlling the match. Yeah. And this match as well. Jump ahead, what six years? The same thing, you know. Jacare took down Musasi almost at will. He um, went for a couple of long shots uh, mm-hmm. early on in. Uh, was very careful about avoiding the upkick. When yeah, he when he every time he went guard. down to the guard, he like almost covered mm-hmm. his head and went yeah. in. Yeah, yeah I mean, he yeah, took him down. You can tell that he definitely, definitely knows how to defend from those upkicks <laughs> um, or avoid them at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot has changed because like Jacare, mm. he was good back then. Yeah, but the fact great. that he's gotten so much better and he that's so scary. Good. Yeah, that is scary because that guy is so good. He's he's a, he's a guy that I think right now is on a huge I, upward rise. As, as I think Dana disagreed, but I say give him the next title shot. The winner of uh, Vitor Weidman, give him the, give him the shot. There's really no one else either. If you look at your, yeah. you know, the top ten or top fifteen, look at down the list. But Cheetah is fighting. Uh, actually, I don't know who Machita's he's fighting. He's not fighting. Yeah, uh, but he's not getting a shot. Yeah, right exactly. Luke Cold Rockles for Fizbing. Kim Ten- Tim Kennedy's fighting Yoel Romero. Uh, you know who else? What you're going to put up Jacare with somebody who's in the number fifteen? You know, right? Well, I think he already beat. Everyone's in holds right now. Yeah, so you have to wait for the results. I say to give him, him. I say give him the next shot. Whoever, whoever the winner of the middleweight championship is, I think Jacare deserves it. When does uh, when does Whiteman fight again? He's, he's I want to say two. December. They said either the December or January card. Really, that fast? Yeah. Didn't we talk about no? Who's December sixth? Who is? I think that's Pettis Melendez. Oh right, right, right. Got but it. if I was Jacare, I would stay in shape because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, yeah, Vitor, you know, something happens again when you're at that level. You uh, you stay ready. You mm-hmm. don't get ready. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when you're in the top twenty, top thirty, I would say you you, you have should. to always stay ready. Yeah, Abs- yeah. you should always stay ready. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, guys. Dun dun dun. 
I have a little announcement. So, the three of us will be partaking in the Ultimate Fighter After Buzz show every mm-hmm. Thursday night at 5 p.m. live Pacific time. That's five, that's 8 o'clock Eastern time for my East Coasters. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be talking about... We'll be covering season twenty. Twenty, yep. Which is uh, a champion will be crowned. A champion will be crowned is the name of it. It's the female one fifteen pound season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaches are Gilbert Melendez and Anthony yep. Pettis. Mm-hmm. At the end, they will fight, which I think is December sixth, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start this coming Thursday. So you guys better tune in. Yep. An all new Acura show with the three favorites. Because we know you can't get enough of us. Yeah. And we're here to bring you more. Not one hour, but you have us two hours a week now. For as, long as, for as long as we're covering these shows, at least, when there's UFC events. Yeah. Which, God, there still is. What? There will always be UFC events. <laughs> the influx. Until October 4th. I think we have, we have events every in. week until October think, yeah. 4th. You know, we're back next week. We're back next Sunday for this show, After Buzz UFC, mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Our new time is 6 p.m., and it's probably going to remain 6 p.m., mm-hmm. unless we tell you otherwise via Facebook, via Twitter, via Instagram, which is why you should be following us. Nicely played. Thanks. And on top of that, then Thursday at, at 5 o'clock. 5 p.m., yep. Every Sunday Thursday. Sunday at 6 o'clock, Thursday at 5 o'clock. Yep. Just about every week, at least through early October. Definitely. Yeah. I know they can always call in, too. Call if us, you go guys. to the Twitter, if you go to the website, you can call us. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah. We've got to pass out the uh, we got to pass number. out the number, yeah. It depends on what studio we're in. We've got to know what studio we're in. We're going to know what studio we're in. Well, we'll <laughs> let you know right before we go live from can now we, on. Can always tweet us? Tweet us. MySpace. Yep. Oh. Send us little notes under the desk. This guy here. Send us notes under the desk. Yeah. Guys, some homework for you guys and myself to do. I'm going to give you homework. I called you a guy. Oh, Um, something else. For this Thursday, we are going to have Ultimate Fighter 20 predictions. It's the beginning of the season, right before the first episode, well, right after the first episode. We are going to tell you who we think is going to win the entire season and... Who's going to win Anthony Pettis versus Gilbert Melendez? Don't say it yet. We're going to save it for Thursday night. You guys have to tune in. Jay you Tan. know George wants to spit it out. George. <laughs> he's, he's I was waiting for me to be in the middle of that sentence. Be like, don't give, give Melendez. Yeah, I think it's it's worth saying that you know the first episode of Ultimate Fighter this coming Wednesday uh-huh. is going to be uh, seemingly a two-hour episode, probably oh. recapping the matches to get into the house. I'm so excited. Um, we've got, uh, what do we got, eight and eight, so that's 16, uh, 16 fighters. 16 women that we already know. If you go and look online, um, there is already listings for which fighters are on which team. Yeah. Uh, team Pendis, Team Melendez, uh, and, and who the 16 fighters are. We we know a couple of these girls, guys. Let me just tell you, this is going <laughs> to be a crazy season. You have bombshells like Felice Herring, who I know is stern. I'm sorry, Felice. I know you stirred up some drama on this season. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm... She had to have. Yeah, it goes without saying. I think she is. She's already said that, and you know, her reputation precedes right. her. She was, uh, she was on Fight Girls. This is the closest thing. It's worth talking about. This is the closest thing we've seen. In some ways, we've seen this show happen already. Uh, tell me a year, George. Fight Girls. I'm gonna uh, go 2007. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I say 2006, 2007. 2007. Gina yeah. Carano was a mentor on Fight Girls for Felice Herring. Right. Isn't Fight Girls world? was a show essentially like Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. A bunch of women in a Thai boxing tournament living in the same house. Right. Uh, it was produced and, and organized, I think, by uh, Master Toddy, who's a, a famous Thai kickboxer. Gina Carano's uh, coach. In, coach yeah, yeah. yeah, Gina Carano's coach in Las Vegas. And uh, you saw Felice Herrig. Um, Miriam Nakamura was mm-hmm. another uh, another uh, competitor there. 
I wish I could remember some of the other names, but um, Gina Carano was was one of the coaches, mm-hmm. and they you know they, they would fight at the end of each episode, and of course there was drama, you know, girls getting catty, and I think that one know. was a little staged. Not to say that Ultimate Fighter isn't, but. That one was, if I go back and watch it now, maybe it's yeah. just because it's old that it yeah. looks so funny. But I'm like, oh my God, this is scripted. And it's funny, they had a lot of, they had a lot more liberties, I remember, on yeah. that show. Like, one one female fighter went out on a date and didn't come back till <laughs> the next night. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Dana would never approve of no, that. No, Dana you know? White would not. Dana White, <laughs> speaking of Dana White, Dana White said there's a Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. on this season of The Ultimate Fighter. I don't know. What does he, that mean exactly? What does that mean? Does it mean like attitude or does it mean like unstoppable, beat everybody? Yep, total package. Total we'll, package. That's, that's what I'm guessing. I kind of think he means the attitude. Like the. Oh, all these girls. Oh, like it's like 16 girls in a house. Yeah. They all have attitude. What are you I, I talking look, about? I looked at it and I'm, I was like, Jay Tan, I, I don't think I'd want to be in that house. He goes, Yes, you would. I'm like, yeah, you're <laughs> of right. Of course I would. you would. You love the training. I would. You would hate the drama, but you'd keep yourself away from that. But yeah. I know you can't get enough of training. Yeah. I know that you. You've probably asked Marcus and Ian if you can sleep at the gym. Yeah. Have you actually? I, it's funny you say. That. I was going to ask Marcus if I could have the keys to the gym the other night because it was like late night. I was bored. I was like, come on, let's just train a little bit. If that happens, let me know because you want to come roll. Yeah. I'm not going to roll because you'll choke me the hell out. Marcus, I need the, the keys to the gym. Me and Jay Tan, we're going. Guys, oh, let's oh, wrap it up. Really? Give your plugs, plugs, plugs. I know. So oh, soon. Can we get another hour? No? Another okay. Hour? Yeah, because uh, we've got Producer. plenty to talk about. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're weaning us out already with the music. Guys, give your plugs. That's what you get when you do a show at 9 o'clock at night yeah. on a Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram um, at ghermosa.com. Shout out to my biggest fans, Angie and Glow. You know who you are. <laughs> Social media. I, I am fans. at JTan716, Instagram, Facebook, and that Twitter thing. Twitter. U of MMA also, even more important than me. Shoutouts, uh, birthday shoutouts to my brother from another mother, Trevor Dudley, and my daughter, Angela. Love you, baby. Aww. You have a daughter? We'll talk about that later. Long story. Well, okay, hold on. We need another hour. Let's okay. Uh, Dari Bernardo, at DariaB28 is my is my Twitter. <laughs> I just said my name. I think you guys already know my name. Um, I will be fighting in October. <laughs> I don't want to give too many details yet, but I will definitely be fighting in December on Mr. J Tan's U of MMA promotion. Guys, find me here Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific time. See you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, <laughs> you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 